you brought a Bible, go please to the book of Genesis, chapter 41, the book of Genesis. Si trajo su Biblia, vaya por favor a Genesis, el capítulo 20, uh, 41, y el verso 14. Genesis chapter 41 and verse 14. We've been uh, uh, studying through the life of Joseph, and uh, our series is called The Coat My Father Gave Me. You know, on Sunday mornings, I've been dealing with the coat of God's favor that rests upon the life of the believer. But on Wednesday nights, we've been looking at a little bit different approach uh, to our study of the life of Joseph. And we've been observing the kind of man that he was, the kinds of decisions that he made, and the way that that set the pace and paved the road for him to be able to get to the purpose and the plan of God for his life. And what I want to mention tonight is you find that Genesis chapter 41, verse 14, is that, if I could have, I can't hear too well over here, sir, is that we are sometimes mistaken in believing that God will do all the work in our life, and all we have to do is sit on our front porch and wait for miracles to drop out of heaven on our lap. And uh, I want to just tell you tonight, that's not going to happen. Say amen, somebody. The Bible says that faith without works is dead being alone. A veces tenemos la idea equivocada que uh, tenemos uh, algunos. It's a little too much now. Uh, a veces tenemos la idea equivocada algunos que... Uh, nosotros vamos a esperar la bendición de Dios y solamente van a caer en nuestra vida y que no hay ninguna parte que usted y yo tenemos que jugar, ningún papel que tenemos que jugar en ello. La realidad es otra. La realidad es que la fe sin obras está muerta. And if you have dead faith, that means faith with no legs, faith with no arms, faith that doesn't work, then it doesn't work. La fe que no obra, no obra, no trabaja. And the life of Joseph teaches us that, that although there was a plan, a purpose, a vision that God had for his life, there were a series of attitudes and behaviors and decisions that Joseph had to make in agreement with God in order to get where he was going. En la vida de José, aunque tenía un sueño, aunque tenía realidades que Dios le había prometido, cosas que Dios le había dicho, eso va a ocurrir en tu vida. Entonces, él podía haber dicho, bueno, si es la voluntad de Dios, lo voy a hacer. Pero a la par de eso, él tuvo que pensar, hablar, uh, eh, eh, prepararse y trabajar en la, en la dirección de la promesa de Dios. So I want to just remind you tonight that you and I have to walk in the direction of the promise of God. Tenemos que caminar en la dirección de la promesa de Dios. If you want to have good health, you have to walk away from Twinkies, right? You guys remember Twinkies? Uh, uh, you have to walk away from donuts and uh, pan dulce. If you want to have uh, the thing that God promised, you have to say, all right, there are some things I can't have in my life. I'm not hearing any amens tonight. Pastor is messing with my snacks, right? He's messing with my essentials. 
I don't mean to mess with your essentials. I just want you to know if you're going to go where God wants you to go, there are some things that can't come with you. Para que usted llegue al lugar donde Dios quiere que usted vaya, entonces hay ciertas cosas que no pueden ir a donde Dios quiere llevarte. And one example is that in the life of Abraham, the patriarch, patriarch, the Lord told Abraham, leave your family and your country and go to a land that I will show you. Dios le dijo a Abraham, deja tu tierra y tu parentela y vete a la tierra que yo te mostraré, que yo te voy a dar. Y el resultado para Abraham, the result for Abraham was that he turned around and he saw his, na- his nephew Lot. He said, hey, I'm going on a trip. Want to come with me? And he took Lot with him, and Lot became a source of problems in his life because Lot was not a part of God's promise for Abraham. Eh, eh, cuando él oye esto, se lleva a su sobrino Lot, y Lot llega a ser en la vida de Abraham una serie de problemas. Have you ever had problems in your life as a result of disobedience or partial obedience? A veces hay problemas como Lot en nuestra vida por, par, por parcialmente obedecer a Dios. It wasn't until Abraham separated from Lot and said, Lot, you've got to go your way and I've got to go mine, that God was then able to talk to Abraham again. Cuando Abraham se separa de Lot, Dios comienza a hablar. I don't think you heard me tonight. When you say goodbye to Lot, God will speak again. So say goodbye to Lot already. Si usted le dice adiós a Lot, Dios comienza a hablar. You wonder, why isn't God doing anything new in my life? Why isn't God revealing what he wants in my life? God is saying to you tonight, you got to let go of Lot. You've got to let go of the people and the things and the ideas and the mentalities that I didn't command you to do so that you can hear me so I can take you where I want you to go. And when you do that, then you begin to walk in the direction of your a dream. Usted comienza a caminar en la dirección del sueño y el propósito de Dios en su vida. Now that's all just extra because that's not really what I came to talk about tonight. Eso es solamente eh, eh, un extra porque lo que vamos a hablar es un poco distinto. So here we're tonight, we're going to look at another part of Joseph's life that was a setup uh, for where he needed to go. Vamos a ver otra parte de la vida de José que era una, una preparación para donde Dios lo quería llevar. It's just one verse tonight. Un verso ahí, Génesis capítulo 41, verso 14, verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph, and he hurried, brought himself out of the, brought him out of the dungeon, and when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came to Pharaoh. Now, you might be asking me, Pastor Isaac, why have you chosen as your key text tonight um, my morning routine? Well, I want to talk about that tonight because what Joseph does here reveals a part of his preparation for where God wanted him to go. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you tonight for the grace and mercy that you have given to us that we can be called sons of God. Tonight I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay to teach the word of God. And I ask that you would anoint this congregation that as they hear the voice of the word, that they might be obedient to its truth. 
And I pray, God, that you would help us to walk in the direction of what you have planned for our life. We say that in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. 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 All right, tonight something has happened in the life of Joseph that he has been waiting for for a long time. En este pasaje vemos que algo ocurre en la vida de José que él ha estado esperando por mucho tiempo. I want to just ask you an honest question. Are there some things you have been waiting for for a long time? ¿Cuántos tienen algunas promesas en su vida que han estado esperando por mucho tiempo? Now it occurs to me that tonight some of you can't say that because you don't really know uh, up until recently, you really didn't know what it was God wanted to do in your life. And so you're just starting to figure it out. But others of you have been waiting a long time for God to fulfill some promises to you or for God to meet you at the place that he told you he would meet you. Algunos han esperado mucho tiempo. Joseph has gone through a difficult journey. I'm just going to abbreviate. He was sold by his brothers. That's problem number one, right? That's enough to put you in counseling for the rest of your life. He was sold by his brothers as a slave. They made him a slave. And then he was thrown into, uh, into this situation as a slave. And then he was falsely accused of rape. And he was thrown into prison. And then while he was in prison, he was forgotten, and he was left as though God himself had forgotten him. And this went on in, the, in Joseph's life for about uh, 14 or, or, or 13 years. And so in this period of time, Joseph has a dream that God had given to him, that he was going to rule, that he was going to be a person of authority, and that, that his brothers were going to bow to him. And for that period of time... His brothers were not bowing to him, and reality was not meeting up with vision. It was not meeting up with his dream. And in that period of time, we saw Joseph adjust his behavior. We saw him adjust his attitude, adjust his words. We saw him come in line with God so that he could accomplish the thing that God wanted to do in his life. But tonight, I'm going to talk about all that. I'm going to talk about the fact that the day has finally arrived in Joseph's life when he has been summoned to the palace. Ha llegado al fin de este largo proceso, el momento en el cual José es invocado por Faraón, es llamado al palacio. He is finally going to be promoted to the place of his, of his promise. Ahora va a ser promo, uh, promo, uh, promovido o, o levantado al lugar de su promesa. And uh, so this is an important moment of transition for Joseph. Ese es un momento importante de transición para David. And this is what I want to talk about tonight. I want to, about, I want to talk about being fit for the palace. Say that with me. Fit for the palace. Quiero hablar esta noche de cómo estar preparados para el palacio. Now I want you to tell your neighbor something. I want you to tell them there is a palace in your future. All right, let's try that one more time. We'll say it again. There is a palace in your future. Now, do you believe that? ¿Cuántos creen que hay un palacio en su futuro? How many of you believe that tonight? There is a palace in my future. Say that now. Say, there is a palace in my future. When you see with your spiritual eyes, 
When you see the vision and the purpose and the plan of God for your life, I want you to know there is a palace in your future. Cuando usted vea su futuro espiritualmente, yo quiero que usted vea que hay un palacio en su futuro. Now, I got I to gotta linger on that a little bit because some of you hadn't thought about it. Some of you were thinking, man, I thought there was a double wide in my future. I thought there was a duplex in my future. But pastor's saying there's a palace in my future. What is this palace? ¿Cuál es este palacio que hay en mi futuro? Really, in broad terms, the palace I'm talking about is that place when you have arrived at the position that God wants to use you and give you influence for his glory. El palacio es el lugar donde usted llega para tener influencia para la gloria de Dios. And just to be uh, just to be clear and to summarize, I think there are four walls to the palace. Hay cuatro uh, uh, paredes el palacio. I want to mention them real briefly and real quickly tonight. Are you with me? I'm going to use the letter F for all of them. It'll be easy to remember. All right. The first one, the first wall of the palace is family. La primer pared del, del palacio es familia. Say family. You know that God wants you to have a blessed family life? I saw the other day, sometime this week, I saw somewhere, I don't know where, it said super blessed. God wants you to have a super blessed family life. I don't hear any amens tonight. I said he wants you to have a super blessed family life. That's part of the palace. La pared, una de las paredes del palacio, la familia. Y Dios quiere, quiere que usted tenga una vida familiar bendecida. It's not God's will for you to be fighting all the time, for you to be arguing all the time, for there never to be any peace in your house. No es la voluntad de Dios que nunca haya paz en tu hogar, que siempre te estés peleando. That's not God's will for your life. Usted tiene que saber que Dios tiene mejores cosas para usted, para su familia, que simplemente sobrevivir. God has more for your family than mere survival. Do you believe that? You got to wake up every morning knowing God wants to bless my family. Usted tiene que levantarse cada mañana sabiendo Dios quiere bendecir a mi familia. And you know what that means? That means that there are some things you cannot allow in your family. Eso quiere decir que hay ciertas cosas que usted no puede permitir en su familia. There are certain attitudes, certain ways of thinking, certain uh, systems of the world that you have to say, look, that's how they think out there, but in this house is how we think. Come on, somebody. You've got to know that the door to your family is yours to watch over and to keep. La puerta de tu hogar, de tu familia, es tuya para que la protejas y la guardes. Y cuando usted y yo caminamos en esta sabiduría que nuestra familia Puede ser y debe ser bendecida por Dios. Tengo que estar alerta, no dejar cualquier cosa entrar a nuestra familia. Don't let your guard down. Tell your neighbor, don't let your guard down. Your family is an important wall, isn't it? La familia es muy importante, because I'll tell you this, if you have all the other three walls that I'm going to mention, but your family wall is torn down, it's like nothing else matters. 
Cuando usted, si usted tiene los otros tres muros Pero el muro o la pared de la familia está derrotada Ahí hay gran problema But when your family life is sound Anything is possible Cuando la vida de la familia está en un lugar sano Todo es posible If your kids want to go to college It's possible when your family life is sound If, uh, if you want to buy a new house It's possible when your family life is blessed If you want to have a, a, another baby It's possible when your family life is blessed I'm not getting any amens tonight All right? Whatever it is God has promised your family It's possible And he wants that wall to be secure. Dios quiere que esa pared esté segura. The next wall is the wall of finances. La otra pared es la pared de las finanzas. Say finances. How many of you know that next to family, finances are a big deal? You see, you can have great family time with little money, but it's, it's easier and better when you have great family time With some money. Yeah, I'm not getting any agreement tonight. Y'all are all so spiritual like, no, pastor. All we need is one ramen noodle package and we will be happy. Hey, that'll do when it has to. But, but when you have money, when finances are in order, it's blessed. God wants your finances to be blessed. He wants you to walk in financial peace. What does financial peace mean? That means you don't have to worry about every financial decision. You don't have to uh, stumble over everything. You don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to make ends meet. He wants you to live in a place of financial security and a, a place of financial peace. And, and that's a big wall in your family life. And one of, the, one of the ways that you and I have to be uh, alert about that wall is that we have to be sure we're handling our finances God's way. Para mantener esa, esa, uh, el segundo muro, que es el muro de las finanzas, el, el muro de la, fina, de la bendición financiera es de Dios. Pero tenemos que controlar nuestro dinero la forma que Dios lo manda. That means that we tithe. Say amen. What, 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 what's the tithe, pastor? I, I didn't catch that. ¿Qué, ¿Qué es el diezmo, pastor? That's when you give one-tenth of your income to God. Which, which part of the, which tenth? The first 10% is given to God. Cuando usted le da a Dios en la primer porción, 10% de sus finanzas a Dios, entonces usted está asegurando que va a haber a provisión, Financiera en su hogar. When you do that, you are assuring that there's going to be financial blessing and provision in your home because you have entered into a covenant with God. Porque usted ha entrado a un pacto con Dios. Another part of that is the offering. Otra parte de eso es la ofrenda. When you learn to sow good seed in good soil. Cuando usted comienza a aprender a sembrar buena semilla en tierra buena. You say, well, pastor, uh, what is the offering? The offering is what you give after you've tithed. El la ofrenda es lo que usted da encima de el diezmo. The tithe belongs to God. The offering then is what belongs to you. And you say, Lord, I want to give something extra above what you've given me. Can I just drop this on you real quick, a real a, a word of wisdom? Watch the soil that you sow into. Tenga cuidado la tierra donde usted siembra. 
I can tell you this, that when you sow in the Kingsway Church, it's good soil. Cuando usted siembra en la iglesia Kingsway, es buena tierra. You got to be careful who you give your money to. Oh, it's quiet now. Some of you have kids who don't work, who sleep till noon, and then, and then and they're, they're old enough to, to move out. They're not moving out anytime soon, and they don't know how to, they don't know how to hear no. And they're draining you financially because you haven't said, look, I can't sow into that soil. You, you're wasteful. You're, you're slothful. You're not putting up your part. You're not contributing to this home. I've got to cut you off. You've got to watch the soil, soil that you sow into. This is kind of hard tonight, I can tell. It's making you uncomfortable. Like, Pastor, move on, move on. There's only two walls on this house. We've got to build this house tonight. All right, but I want you to have financial peace. That's God's will for your life. So you are needing to be a tither and a giver, and on top of that, you need to watch your spending. That means don't spend more than you make. I know that's a brand new idea. What? También tenemos que no gastar más que lo que entra. You can't spend $110 on every hundred. Usted no puede gastar 110 dólares con cada 100 que le entra. You say, Pastor, I could never do that. It's impossible. It is possible. Credit card companies have made it possible for you to spend more money than you make. And then your house has, uh, your house gets drafty, right? There's, uh, there's cold winds blowing into your house because you haven't protected your finances. God wants to help you so you can stop the losses. Say, stop the losses. But you know, that means that sometimes you have to say, you know what, we don't need this anymore. This is not a good financial decision. And we don't have room in our life for always having to try to make ends meet because there is enough. God has provided enough. And most of us, if we would really sit down and look at what God has provided, it would be enough. It is enough. But if we don't handle it right, it's never enough. Right, so he wants to have the financial wall of your house up and strong. That's part of your palace. Then there comes another wall, and it is, this is the wall of fulfillment. Luego viene la pared de el propósito. The wall of fulfillment is that wall of you living out the purpose of God in your life. And when you are living out the purpose of God in your life, there's going to be fulfillment in your life. Cuando usted está viviendo el propósito de Dios en su vida, va a haber un galardón que regresa a su vida, que es el, el galardón de, de sentir que has cumplido a, a tu propósito en la tierra. How many of you feel good when you give? Why do you feel good when you give? Because you are fulfilling your purpose. None of us, except for when we, when we receive a paycheck, none of us really feels too comfortable with taking. We, we rather give. It just feels better to give. Because it, 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 it feeds that part of us that was created by God. Did you know God is a giver? And so when you and I are, are living out our purpose, 
It, it, it feels good. It is fulfilling. It is satisfying. Hay una satisfacción que viene a través de, de vivir en nuestro propósito. And I'll just mention that because this is the, the, the profession I'm in. But ministers, in general, ministers have a great sense of fulfillment. You might see some ministers who don't have a lot of money, but they have a lot of joy. They have a lot of fulfillment because they are doing the thing that God designed them to do. And when you are doing the thing God designed you to do, you're happy. You're blessed. Cuando usted está cumpliendo el propósito de Dios en tu vida, hay alegría. And God wants you to be able to live and to do the thing that he created you to do. Dios quiere que usted viva y logre hacer las cosas que él lo creó para hacer. So if you were created by God to, to uh, work in a career and to fulfill a profession, when you're doing that, You are excited. You're happy about it. It brings joy to your life. The Olympic runner, uh, Eric Little, he was a missionary to China. But he was also a, a runner in the, in the Olympics. And he said this. He said, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. You know, he had been called by God to preach. And he ended up dying as a martyr in China. But he was also very fast. And when he ran, when those legs were moving and those, the, those arms were moving and he was running and he won the gold medal in the Olympics, he was still fulfilling the purpose of God on his life. So if God has designed you to be a lawyer, I want you to be a fulfilled lawyer. If he's called you to be a doctor, I want you to be a fulfilled doctor. If he's called you to be a, a, a mother and a, a housewife, then I want you to be as fulfilled at that as possible. If he's called you to be a pastor, I want you to be fulfilled. He wants you to have the wall of fulfillment strong and growing in your life. That's part of your palace. And then here's the last one, and none of you are going to like it because I know from the previous experience I had with you that you're not going to like this one. But the fourth one is the, law, the wall of fitness. Pastor, I told you to move on already. Say fitness. So you have family, you have finances, you have fulfillment, and you have fitness. What is fitness about? It's about health. God wants you to be healthy. Say that with me. God wants me to be healthy. Now notice, I didn't say God wants me to be skinny. I'm not talking about being skinny. I'm talking about being healthy. Someone said fluffy over here. Yeah. All right. I'm not saying God wants everybody to look like a, a fence post. You know, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there is a plan in God's agenda for your life to bring health into your life. He created you for health. He created your body to restore itself, didn't he? To make itself well. And if you and I will do the things that God has, will teach us to do and we will honor him in those ways, he will bring health into our bodies. There are many times that we need to be healed and God will heal us. Say amen, somebody. God is a healer and God is able to, to destroy the power of disease off of our body. But there is also some walking that we have to do in that direction. Why, is, why do I have to mention this? Because if you have family and you have finances and you have fulfillment but you don't have health, your house isn't going to endure for very long. Say amen, somebody. And so the palace that I'm talking about tonight that's in your future is a palace of family blessing, 
financial blessing, um, purpose and fulfillment, and a, and a palace of physical health and wellness for your body. Can you say amen? All right, now say it again. There's a palace in my future. Now some of you are already living in the palace. You didn't even know it. Oh, that's so sad. I said, you're already living in the palace. You didn't even know it. Now you say, Pastor, all right, but I must be living in the closet right now because the palace that I'm looking at has big rooms. All right, that's all right. But you're in the palace. There's a palace in your future. Say that again. There's a palace in my future. I I want you to say that so much that when you wake up, you say, there's a palace in my future. Why do you have to do that? Because when you fall into a pit, you need to remember, I can't stay in this pit. There's a palace in my future. When you fall into, into a hard time, you can say, look, I can go through this for a season, but I can't stay in this hard time because there's a palace in my future. God designed me for more. Dios me ha, diseñ- me ha diseñado para más. Yo no me puedo quedar aquí en un lugar bajo porque hay un palacio en mi futuro. And every time life raises its head to tell you that there isn't, you have to remember that life doesn't write the script. God has written the script, and you are walking in the direction of God's promise over your life. All right, so now promotion finally comes for Joseph, and he's about to enter the palace. And all four of the things I just mentioned to you come into Joseph's life very quickly. He gets a family. In a, few, in a few verses, he's given a family, he's given finances, he's given, um, he's given his purpose and fulfillment, and obviously he's a healthy man from other in, in, um, indications in the scripture because he had made all the right decisions and put his life in the direction of the purpose of God for his life. Now here's what I want you to notice, that when Joseph is called to the palace, what does he do? He does two things. He shaves his beard and he changes his clothes. Hay dos cosas que José hace cuando él va a entrar al palacio es que él uh, se resura y entra y se cambia su ropa. Imagine if Joseph had gone into Pharaoh's palace looking like a prisoner, scruffy, hair uncombed, what would have been his reception? ¿Cómo lo hubiera recibido Faraón a José si entra con la vestidura de la cárcel, viéndose sin peinar? And he just said, you know what? I've had a long, hard 13 years, and it's just about my time right now, so I don't even care how I look. I'm just going to walk in. No, he understood my promotion requires my preparation. Él entendió que la promoción que él iba a recibir requería su preparación. And this is such a, an important principle, and it's also very practical. I know this is incredibly practical tonight, but you have to be aware of this, that the palace God has for you, the place of influence that God wants to take you to, requires some changes. El palacio, el lugar de influencia que Dios tiene para ti, requiere algunos cambios. Requiere que usted y yo podamos uh, uh, dejar algunas cosas al lado para entrar al lugar de nuestro propósito. You know, uh, Billy Graham grew up in the 
hills of the Carolinas. Billy Graham, el evangelista eh, reconocido internacionalmente, creció eh, allá en, uh, en los, en los uh, ranchos de los estados de Carolina. And he had a very strong, thick southern accent. Tenía un acento fuerte de, de la región. But he understood that in order to go where God was taking him, he was going to have to learn how to speak. And he went through intensive speech training so that he could learn how to moderate his accent so that when he was talking to kings and presidents and prime ministers that he could be received, that he could be taken in because he knew that there were going to be certain aspects of, of that life in the palace that would not receive him if he didn't change some things about him. Now, he could have said, well, I'm a southerner or like I'm a Texan. This is just how we talk. Y'all just going to have to get used to that. Or he understood, you know what, if I'm going to walk into the palace, I've got to change some things. And I've got to give up a little of this so I can get a lot of that. Él entendió que para entrar al palacio tenía que despedirse de algunas cosas para poder lograr hacer las cosas que Dios quería hacer en su vida. And this is what you need to understand. Every palace has a protocol. Todo palacio tiene un protocolo. Every place of influence has a protocol. Your home has a protocol. Tu casa tiene un protocolo. People don't just walk into your house, right? What's the protocol? They have to knock. And even then, you don't let them in the house. En su casa hay un protocolo para entrar. Tiene que sonar y después, si usted lo conoce y tiene el tiempo y la casa está limpia, entonces lo deja entrar y si no, no. Todo eso lo tenemos en nuestro hogar. We have a protocol in our house. There's a protocol in marriage. If you're married, you know there are certain words you don't use when you're talking to your spouse. Certain tones that do not open doors of access. There are certain attitudes that shut doors. Say amen, somebody. Because there's a protocol in your, in your marriage. You know this is how we talk to each other. This is how we don't talk to each other. You have a protocol with your kids, don't you? Do you allow them to say, Mom, bring me some orange juice. Or if you give them a command, like take out the trash and say, I don't want to. See, in my house, there was no count to three. In my dad's house, if you didn't do it the first time, you were unconscious by two. <laughs> it was over. That was the protocol. Every place of influence has a protocol. If you come into this church, there's a protocol. And all of you are obeying the protocol tonight. You're sitting down, you're listening. If you decide to start talking and shouting and blowing a horn or a whistle, we have uh, some very lovely ushers who are going to escort you to the door because you're violating the protocol. You understand? Every place has a protocol. And where God wants to take you, there's a certain protocol that he wants you to meet. You've got to know if this is where I'm going, then this is where, this is how I have to live, how I have to talk, how I have to walk. In order to reach the protocol that God has, there's a standard for living, for getting in and staying in the palace. Hay un standard que Dios ha establecido para que usted pueda entrar y quedarse en el palacio. Now, it's not just good enough to get in the palace. The blessing is staying in the palace. 
Amen, somebody. No es suficiente entrar al palacio. Lo bueno es quedarte en el palacio. The good thing is to keep the place of influence. There are some people that come in like a hero and they leave like a bandit. They come in, they look good, they talk a good talk, they, they seem to have it all together, but they don't have the power to stay. Because as soon as you get to know them, you start to realize this guy is not for real. And they're not allowed to stay in the palace. Listen, if you want to get that job, if you want to get that, that door into that career, there's a protocol you're going to have to follow. There's a way you have to dress. All right, if you go to a job interview, your shirt's untucked, you didn't... You didn't comb your hair that morning, and you want to you get a job, they're not going to give you a job. I'm sorry. See, but I'm an anointed child of God. You're not going to get the job. Because there's a protocol. We had a guy come in one day, and uh, he was wearing a wife beater, and it was, he, was, he was overflowing his jeans. And it was, it was not a pleasant sight. And he was asking me to allow him to do some work here at the church. I said, sir. I'm not going to hire you. He said, well, why not? I'm good. I said, I'm sorry, sir, but the way you're presenting yourself to me indicates that you don't take yourself seriously. I don't know that if I pay you to do a job, you're going to show up the next day. And you say, pastor, that's kind of harsh. You're a pastor. You're a man of God. You ought, to be, you ought to be more kind. Friend, you and I have to understand there's a protocol. There are certain things that are allowed, certain things that are good. You, you can come into the house of God, and, 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 and he, was, he was great for coming into sitting and hearing the word of God. But he's not great for a job because he's not meeting the basic protocol that life demands. So when you enter into a palace, when you enter into a place of influence, you've got to know there is a, a, a law, there is a way that I get to stay in this room, and I get to stay in this place of influence. And many people have had doors open because the Bible says this, that your gifts will make room for you. Muchos han entrado a lugares de acceso porque la Biblia dice que tus dones harán lugar para ti. But it doesn't say that your gifts will keep you there. Your gifts sometimes will open doors for you that your learning and your education haven't prepared you to stay in. A veces sus, nuestros dones abren puertas que nuestra habilidad no nos ha preparado para quedarnos en ese lugar de acceso. And so you and I have to do a couple of things in order to qualify to stay in the palace. First of all, we need to honor the standard of the palace. Tenemos que honrar el estándar del palacio. You have to honor the standard of the palace. And I just need to say a word again about standards. Because when you set low standards in your life, anybody will cross over. Anybody will come over the line. Si usted pone un estándar bajo, todo lo van a cruzar. If the only standard for, for you giving your money to someone, maybe a, a, an adult child or someone in your home, if the only standard is that they are your child, they're going to walk over that line over and over and over again, and they're going to bring you to poverty. You've got to say, look, this is the standard. If you're going to be a part of this house, you're going to live in this house, you're going to have to make your way, be a contributor. Do your chores. I'm not hearing any amens. What are you doing? You're setting the standard. If, if, you're, if you're a young lady and there's a guy trying to, 
to court you, trying to date you, and you set low standards, he's going to walk over that line and walk back over every time he wants because you set a low standard. If you let him pick you up and honk the horn, and you come out like, I'm coming, I'm coming. Guess what he's going to do for the rest of your life? Honk that horn. What you got to teach him is, I don't hear car horns. Did you hear anything? All I hear is a doorbell. I'm not getting any help tonight. No help at all. I'm going to just cancel the service. We're done. And, and then if you, if, you, if you let him make you pay for dinner, you're going to be paying for dinner for the rest of your life. So you got to set some standards, don't you? Say, look, if you don't keep a job, I don't keep you. Come on. And here's the, here's, the, here's the secret, ladies. I'm killing you. I'm sorry. I came to kill tonight. <laughs> here's the secret, girls, that guys, if you give them a high standard, they'll rise to meet it. If he's smart enough, he'll rise to meet it. And if he can't figure out how to get to that standard, you don't need the boy. You and I have to say, look, I'm going to honor the standard that it takes for me to get where God put me. So if you get to a job and the standard is you show up on time, what do you do? Show up on time. Because otherwise you're coming to me later and saying, Pastor, please pray for me. They're laying people off and I might be one of them because, you know, uh, I'm not the boss's favorite. <laughs> Tell you what, if you show up on time and you contribute to that business, you contribute to that company, you make yourself invaluable, they'll let everybody else go, but they'll say, that guy has to stay because we're blessed because of them. You got to honor the standard of the house. Usted tiene que honrar el standard que hay en ese sitio, en ese palacio. And now I, I know you start looking over your life and saying, you know what? There's some doors that close in my life because I didn't honor the standard. Because I didn't do what I was asked to do. If I invite a preacher uh, to our church, someone who's going to speak in our church, I tell them this is how long you have to preach. If he goes longer than that, you will only see him once. Why? Because he didn't honor the standard. And that's, that's the deal, guys. If you want to stay in the house of blessing, you've got to honor the God of blessing. And honor the standards which he has done. But then something else happens. When you honor the standard that it takes to stay in the house, you develop credibility. Cuando usted honra el standard que hay para quedarse en un sitio, en una casa, en el palacio, usted ha, ha comenzado a realizar en su vida credibilidad. Now, people know that you're a man of your word, a woman of your word. People know that when they go into a contract with you, that you're going to keep your end of the contract. And that means that you and I as believers, we need to establish credibility in our actions. Tenemos que establecer credibilidad en nuestras acciones. 
Tenemos que establecer que el mundo, si nos ocupa a nosotros, va a recibir de nosotros lo que ha pagado. If the world hires you, then the world should be able to get from you what they, what they paid for. That means that if your boss pays you an hour, you work an hour. Not 45 minutes. And so you and I have to say, look, I'm not doing this for, for you, boss. I'm doing this for God. Because my promotion isn't coming from the company. My promotion is coming from God. Is anybody listening tonight? La promoción no viene de la compañía. Because look, you can lose the job and your financial wall still stays standing because the one who's blessing your life is God. I said the one who's blessing your life is God. He's the one that built the house. He's the one that has established it. So you and I should establish credibility. Pay your bills. No amens. Pay your bills. Pay them on time. Pay your rent. Do all that you can to establish credibility in your life. So that people know, when Pastor Isaac said that, he's going to do it. If he said we're starting at 7, we're starting at 7. Why? Because that is establishing a pattern of credibility. And if you will do little things with credibility, God will give you greater things. Si usted establece la credibilidad en las cosas pequeñas, Dios le va a dar más. One more thing that you need to stay in the palace is you need to have a teachable spirit. Otra cosa que usted necesita para mantenerse o quedarse en el palacio es un espíritu que es aprendizo, que sabe aprender. How many of you have a teachable spirit? Well, I want everybody here to say amen because the fact that you're in Bible study tonight tells me that you have a teachable spirit. It tells me that you are willing to learn, to say, God, there are some things I don't know, but I can learn. Listen, we were all born ignorant. We were all born without knowing. But you don't have to stay there, do you? There's a palace in your future. And that means that there are things you and I can learn. Hay cosas que usted y yo podemos aprender para poder llegar al lugar que Dios tiene para nosotros. So here's what happens. If a door has shut in your life, don't cry over that door. Just tell God, God. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to honor you. And the next time you open a door for me, I'm going to walk through that thing and I'm going to manifest. I'm going to show up and I'm going to show off because I'm a child of God and you have done this thing in my life. I can learn. I want to have a teachable spirit. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible said that God gave Solomon a blank check. I don't know if you've ever received a blank check. God gave Solomon a blank check. He said, ask me whatever you will. Blank check. Dios le dio a Salomón un cheque blanco firmado. What would you do if God said, look, here's a signed blank check. Write it out for how much you want and deposit it. Lord, there aren't enough zeros. What did Solomon ask for? He said, teach me. Give me wisdom. 
Salomón, Dios le dio un cheque blanco y Salomón dijo, enséñame, dame sabiduría. And this is what God said, because you ask for wisdom, I'm going to give you a family and I'm going to give you money and I'm going to give you influence. All of your house is going to be taken care of because you put me ahead. You said, I want to know how you think. I want to know how you, how you work. I want to know what you've said. I want wisdom. He had a teachable spirit. Él tenía un espíritu aprendizo. Quería aprender. Y porque él tenía ese deseo de aprender, entonces el Señor le dijo, te voy a dar la familia, te voy a dar las finanzas, te voy a dar la influencia, el propósito. Toda tu casa, tu palacio va a estar edificado porque me has puesto a mí, has decidido aprender de mí. So say that tonight. Teach me, Lord. You can stay in the palace all your life if you're willing to learn. Usted puede quedarse en el palacio toda su vida si usted está dispuesto a aprender. Let me just say this quickly. The proverb, proverb chapter 9, verse 9 says, Give instruction to a wise man and he will be wiser. Dale instrucción a un hombre sabio y será aún más sabio. But look at what Psalm, Proverbs 12 says. It says that whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Uh-oh. This is what God says. A teachable spirit will get wiser, but a fool gets stupider and stupider. Thank God the fools didn't come to church tonight because they would be so offended right now. <laughs> Say, make me wise. Yeah. Teach me, Lord. So here, I want to just close with this. What can stop you from being teachable? Ask yourself, how do I handle correction? Ask yourself. Right. <laughs> Ask yourself, how do I handle correction? If someone corrects you, how do you handle that? ¿Cómo te portas si alguien te corrige? I know. I know that. I know. Well, if you already know, why don't you do it? Hay unos que los corrigen y dicen, ya sé, ya sé, no me digas, ya sé. Pues si ya sabes, ¿por qué no lo dijiste? No lo hiciste, mijo. Correction is the only way to stay in the palace. La única forma de quedarte en el palacio es recibir la corrección. The people who are on the outside could not accept correction. Los que están afuera no pudieron aceptar corrección. And I just want to mention this. Sometimes you drive by a little, a little tiny church. And it's led by a person who was in another church but couldn't accept correction. And they say, you know what? I'm going to go build my own palace, my own church. I'm going to do it my own way. And they don't have anybody in that church because God's not going to favor rebellion. God's not going to bless that. And that's just a little example of what happens in your life when you say, I can't be corrected. I don't want to be corrected. That you can't grow. 
You can't stay in the palace because the, the protocol for being able to stay in the palace is to say, I want to be taught. And guess what, guys? You and I have been given the greatest teacher who was ever given to man. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. El Espíritu Santo es el que nos enseña. Él es el que nos da la dirección. Así que recibe corre corrección. How do you feel when, uh, when uh, some people reject correction because of pride? Others can't learn or, un or un are unteachable because they are insecure. And insecurity will not allow you to stay in the palace. Listen. That's a very important statement. Insecurity will not allow you to stay in the palace. Some people have been in a relationship with a man or woman who was awesome. A great man, hardworking, diligent, prosperous, but because of her insecurity, couldn't stay in the relationship. Or because of his insecurity, couldn't stay in the relationship. Listen, listen. You can't stay in the palace if you're insecure. Because insecurity makes you feel like I can't learn because if they find out that I don't know, if they find out that I don't have that much education, if they find out that I don't have all that, the, the right ideas, then, then you close yourself off and you end up walking yourself out of the blessing of God for your life. Are you listening? So you got to say to insecurity, look, God has a palace in my future. I may not, and, and here's the deal. Sometimes if you lived in a shack, you don't feel comfortable in a palace. Si usted vivió en una, I say shack, somebody help me, un cuartito. Usted vivió en una choza. Allá en un rincón, no se siente cómodo en un palacio. When I was a missionary, some days I was, I slept in a, on the floor so long on the mission field that when I came home and slept in a bed at the Marriott Hotel, I slept on the floor instead. Cuando yo era misionero, a veces me imponía tanto a dormir en el piso porque no había camas, que en una ocasión estaba yo en un hotel lujoso y dormí en el piso porque no me sentía cómodo en la cama. I didn't feel comfortable in a bed because I had learned to sleep on the floor. That's what happens, friend, when you move into the palace, you're just not comfortable sometimes. And insecurity will make you uncomfortable. What you have to do is say, look, I'm gonna fight past this insecurity because God designed this palace for me. God designed this palace for my family. Come on, somebody. I can't walk out of what God gave me because I'm insecure. Some people think, no, no one could possibly love me like that. No one could possibly uh, uh, appreciate me like that. No one could possibly give me that kind of a favor, that kind of uh, abundance. And instead, they talk themselves out of the blessing of God. Let me tell you, don't do it. Have a teachable spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, teach me how to get comfortable in the palace. And finally, you can't stay in the palace if you're apathetic, a teachable spirit means I want to learn and I'll do whatever it takes to learn. Un espíritu aprendizo no es uno que no tiene deseo de aprender, sino uno que dice yo quiero aprender. Tonight you had the opportunity to stay home. Apathy would have said, I'll just stay home. It's cold. 
It's rainy. But you said, you know what? There's a palace in my future. I want to go learn what it's going to take to get me there. Would you stand with me tonight? I want you to do something tonight. I just want you to raise your hands. And I want you to say this with me. And then after we've said it together, I want you to begin to talk to God about it. Just say this with me. Lord, I believe tonight what your servant has spoken. There is a palace in my future. The four walls of blessing are around my life. I pray now for a teachable spirit so that I may close the door to everything that does not belong in my life and I can open the door to the wisdom of God that I might receive from him, that I might receive from you, Father, the things that I need to live in the palace that you have designed for me. All right, now raise your voice and just talk to God about it for a few moments. If you've got to confess some things, you've got to let Lot out of your life. If there are some things that you've got to let go of, just do it tonight. Just tell him, Lord, I want to live in the palace of my family blessing, financial blessing. I want to live in the palace of influence and fulfillment. I want to have the wall around me be secure, be built up in the things that you have spoken and promised to my life. We cast down pride. We cast down insecurity. We cast down everything that would keep us out of your blessing. We refuse to give any room to the enemy to lie to us and steal from us what God has promised. Father, we confess that there have been days when we lost access to the palace because we refused to honor your standard. We refused to do the things that you required. Tonight, we repent of those things. And we say, God, we will do it differently. We will be led by your spirit. We will do the things that your spirit teaches us to do. Come on, lift your voice to God tonight. There's a palace in your future. I decree it. I declare it on the authority of God's word. There is a palace in your future. There is blessing for your life, health for your body, strength for your bones, prosperity in your finances, peace in your family life, peace in your marriage, peace with your children.